So again, Chumash Bereshis is obviously uh, it's, it's the the, the Sidus is the foundation. It's uh, everything in here is, is uh, extremely extremely <coughs> fundamental to understanding the, the world that Hashem created, why created, the role of humans, of nations, everything everything that comes afterwards has this introduction in Chumash Bereshis. Parshas Nayach also has this transition stage, and it's very interesting. Right? So from the beginning of Bereshis until the end of Nayach is around 2,000 years. So we have 2,000 years crammed into two sedras. And then from Lech Lecha until the end of Azay Sabracha is what, a couple, a couple of hundred years, right? A few hundred years. So something seems to be happening here. There's a, like a transition in a way from Nayach to Lech Lecha from Nayach to Avram, which somehow creates this, seems to be some sort of change. We went through this a lot in the 19 letters and understanding history, so we'll get into that a little bit again. I wanted to just focus on, on one very interesting and important idea. So let's just start with, with the Mabel. The Mabel is, is over, the world is destroyed. Nayach and his family is, uh, survive. And Nayach brings the carbon, and he says like this. He says, I'm no longer going to curse the land, Adam. I'm not going to curse the land anymore. Rav Hershon Bereshis talks about how the klala of Adam was not a klala of Adam. Adam didn't get cursed. It was the land that got cursed. Right? The land was the thing that got cursed. And Bavur wasn't a punishment to Adam, but it was on Adam's behalf. Hashem had to, make, Hashem had to curse the land in order to benefit Adam to teach him and make sure he doesn't do Aveiris again. Okay, we'll, we'll skip that for now. Hashem says that didn't work. Apparently, <coughs> cursing the Adama for man's sake didn't work in preventing what was the complete and total disintegration of, of morality and society, hashchasa. That didn't work. Somehow that didn't work. So, why not? Now again, Rav Hershon Bereshis discusses the idea of the Yetzirah. He doesn't like the Yetzirah. The idea that the person is bad, he says, he can't say such a thing. But he says, it means it's, not key means when. Hashem, even if if the entire society is rotten, and from the young age, young people are rotten and, and, and horrible, still Hashem is not going to destroy the world. He's no longer going to destroy the entire planet, even if the entire, the young people in the world are, he's not going to do that anymore. He's not going to do that anymore. Why is he not going to do that anymore? And so he has a new plan. Hashem says, So what does this Pasuk mean? And all the Rishayim are busy trying to explain what this means. During the Mabal, these things stopped. There was no day, there was no night. Now it's going to stop. So Rav Hirsch learns the Pasuk in the following way. He says that, and again, there are multiple Chazals which make the same implication. And that is, prior to the Mabal, there were no seasons. There was something in the world, everything was consistent. To the point the Gemara says that there was Aver Yafe, there was, you can, there was no continents. The Gemara says you can walk from one end to the earth in a very short amount of time. It seems that the world was somehow connected. It says that they could plant once in 40 years, and they were fine. The, the, the atmosphere and the climate was to the extent that life was relatively good. Yes, the Adama was cursed, and man had to work harder than he did in the past, but still, kind of things were, were, were okay, and they were also consistent is the point. There was consistency. Wherever was one thing in the world, there, were, there may have been seasons. There may have been seasons, because I have seasons. But the seasons was consistent. There was, 
everything was the same, and they're okay, there was a coup for this, coup for that, but there was consistency in the world, and everyone was the same. What happened here was, and if you read, if you read the Pasuk here, and the, it says, and there's an asnacht under the word aretz, which means that is an independent sentence. That's what an asnacht divides the sentence into two halves, each one is almost like it to two sentences. Oid kolyamei haaretz. Period. The first sentence is Oid kolyamei haaretz. Then the pasuk says Zera katzer kar chayzer laish paisu. What does that mean? What does the words Oid kolyamei haaretz mean? Um, Rav Lapiansky put out a sefer just recently on Trump. It's a liquid of different people who speak about how Trump, how you can interpret the pesukim. I'll be Trump. This is an example. He brings this one from Rav Hirsch over here. The pasuk saying Oid kolyamei haaretz, which means that in the past maybe there was you know maybe years that the planet was colder. It was years that the planet was hotter. You would harvest once in 40 years. There was spring once in 40 years, and you would harvest. That was enough to last you. And it, but it was consistent. Ayit Kayyamei Aretz means that all these different seasons will always exist. There will always, the world now will have a variety of seasons every single day. There will always be times where it's hot in one place in the world, then it's also going to be cold, where it's going to be dark, where it's going to be light, where there's going to be spring, there's going to be fall. The seasons will exist simultaneously throughout the entire planet. Now, what Rabbi Hashem is creating here is a diversity within the planet which never existed. Until now, the world was single-minded. There was a single-mindedness. Everyone was the same, and that allowed the entire world to become corrupted. Which means that the seasons that we just saw throughout the Mabel, where it rained, then it stopped, then it was shine, it was good, bad, death, decay, the entire variety of natural phenomena will always exist at all times. It's never, you're always gonna, these things will always exist at all times. And what happens here is, is that we've now created a tremendous diversity in the planet. We now have a situation where if you're living in South America right now, you're in the middle of spring and things are about to get beautiful weather. Whereas if you're living in, uh, in North America, it's starting to get cold. You could be living up in the Arctic where it's dark for six months. You could be living in Eretz in Australia. There's tremendous variety within the planet also. Countries now are divided up into different regions based on seas and rivers. And these things, you know, these things make a massive difference. Massive, massive difference. You know, one, one of the things that, like, uh, that these you know, historians and they, 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 they point to, like, in how come certain areas developed and other ones didn't? You know, well, how come, uh, you know, the Nile? Well, the Nile, you know, is, is, is not a river which can be traveled very easily. There's cliffs and waterfalls. Certain rivers, the Mississippi, America could develop one level. You have a Mississippi, you could go from top to bottom, and you could take both. Whereas the Nile, water, right? So these things divide regions and lands. You have mountainous regions, you have valley regions, you have cities, you have coasts, you have inlands. You have a tremendous variety and seasons, and, and, and the geography now has divided the world into an amazing, amazing variety of places. And which means, and what does that mean? That means that you can no longer have a bad idea and a corruptive force take over the entire planet. And even if, yes, we find one area, one city, one country where they're completely corrupted, well, there's people on the other side of the planet that aren't influenced by them because they're completely separate. Yes, Baruch Hashem, now we have modern means of communication and we're able to mix all our stupid ideas. But even then, there's tremendous diversity within the world. There's tremendous diversity within societies which came as a result of the, uh, of the Mabel. Another effect of this, and we see immediately after the Mabel, is that lifespans start becoming a lot shorter. So what does that mean? That means you can have, back in the day, have a, a corrupt king who's a powerful evil king. He can live for 800 years. He can live for hundreds of years, and his evil, his evil reign can last all that time. And again, 
completely corrupt without any help. Now our lifespans are a lot shorter. And yes, you may have a Meshuggah, a crazy Stalin, but he's going to die eventually. He'll die sooner than later. And that's the end of it. The passing of her says, That Hashem will establish his world by the young people because the old ideas will die out and the new ideas will come in. And so now the Rebbein Shalom, instead of cursing the land, that didn't work apparently. There's a new Mahalach. Hashem won't destroy the entire world, but he'll make sure that you'll no longer have a situation where the entire world could get corrupted. And you have a diversity amongst the planet, the tremendous diversity, which now guarantees that bad ideas won't be permanent and won't be long-lasting and, won't be, and, and will be contained to the specific regions that it's in. So the promise about having to destroy the world is almost like he created and sees, not so much as the promise. Yeah, but, but again, the Pasuk is a direct result. I'm not going to do the curse anymore. But instead, it's like this is exactly what the Pasuk is saying. That's how he's understanding. Yeah, yeah, so, so we'll get to Darafag in a second. Darafag, yeah. It's, it's, well, that's exactly the point. It's a, it's a direct continuation. And it's a direct... So what's Darafag? So let's, let's look at the Dar... I think the Bali Dikta called the Dar HaPlogger. Ha, right? Is it a pay? I think. I don't know. They, uh, you have to, you know, those people. I always want to sit next to them by Simcha. Right, right. So, so, uh, so in the Dara Flugus, so the Pasuk is very interesting. The Pasuk says that you have all this division, you have the, the, the different um, families that are growing and all the different shame, Cham and Yafes. They develop different languages, but Lushayna of her says ah, different accents or even different languages, but languages that really were connected to each other. Alushan is like America and England, I don't know, maybe we have different languages, or within diff- there's different groups of languages, like the Romantic languages, these, the, the Semitic languages, where they're kind of based on the same thing, there's, there's, we all agree to the same premises, words mean what they mean here, the same word here is the same word there, maybe we have a different word for it, a different dialect. And the world kind of starts developing, but Hashem has to make one, one, final, one final push, and uh, it begins with Nimrod. So you have Nimrod, it was a Gibbert side of Fnei Hashem, what does it mean, Gibbetzai Lefnei Hashem? Lefnei Hashem always is, like, is in a positive sense. You have Lefnei Hashem, in front of Hashem is, is uh, right, the Pasuk says, uh, What does Lefnei Hashem mean? Nimr was the first person to use religion you know, for his power. He was here with Zayid, he was a Zayid, he trapped people. Lefnei Hashem, oh yeah, for religion. We're going to do, we're going to blow them up. This is a religious duty. He uses God to pursue his own interest of power and corruption. Okay, what happens is the following. So, so uh, the Pasuk says, So there may have been different Lashaynas, but they still had the same foundation of their languages. Everyone spoke the same thing. And they start traveling Mikadim. They start traveling out of the East. They come to a bit of Eretz Shinar. So this is as they're starting to spread. Again, Hashem divides up the world, but the people still have to get there. And they come so what was going on over here? What are they doing? What is this tower that they're building? What's the purpose of it? The Rabbani Shem, it says, it says that Hashem said, Hashem He went to see it. What does it mean Hashem went to see it? The answer is that the city in and of itself, whatever the project that they were pursuing here, wasn't necessarily bad in and of itself. It was the motivation behind it that really was, was, was the issue. Hashem had to go see what we see, you know, see what I see is Kaviyachal. He has to go see what's doing. He has to see 
Uh, just as a side point, of Hirsch points it out a few times in Bereshis, is that, and then many of the Rishayim dealt with this, obviously Rashi and Ramban, Rambam, Unklis, about the idea of describing Hashem in physical terms. You have throughout Bereshis, Hashem is, So Hirsch says that, you know, and, and again, the Rambam, the, 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 the Rishayim who were busy with philosophy were busy, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that Hashem, Hashem doesn't have a physical goof. So it's interesting that the, the, describing Hashem in physical terms could lead to a terrible error of thinking Hashem is physical. And yet the Torah still does it. And of course the Torah doesn't mean that Hashem is physical, but why did the Torah do it? Why did the Torah speak in such a way? The Torah could have avoided using these physical terms, the anamorphical terms to describe Hashem. The first says is that the danger of not describing Hashem in these ways is much more. The idea that now we'll start thinking about God as this abstract philosophical entity which we don't we can't we, we don't we can't make him real we don't we can't relate to a god like the god of the greeks completely abstract completely impersonal is a danger which is much greater the terrorist speaks and describes hashem in physical terms again it's kaviachal so to speak because not speaking about hashem this way could actually be much worse the mistakes that could crop out about not describing hashem in a personal real way are much greater than the danger of, of a, okay that's a side point so so what, what what's going on over here What's the, there's, there's a famous Rashbam that says that the chet of the, of the Dara Flaga was that they said they didn't want anyone to spread. Panafas. We don't want the world spreading. And he says, Hashem says, Hashem said to spread. And then I So, you know, we're, we're taught in Yeshiva based on the Rishayin, based on Rashi, that this is a tower against Hashem. They wanted to fight Hashem. Which is, again, even if that's the Pshat, you need to understand it a little bit more than just a simple building a tower against Hashem. Now, even they weren't that dumb to think they could fight against Hashem. Okay, so... Rafer says doesn't say anything about fighting against Hashem over here, right? Their, their motivation is their motivation is that what benasa lanu shame. Let us make a name for ourselves. al lest we be scattered over the face of the earth. That's what it means. Let's build a tower. We want to make a shame for ourselves, so we shouldn't scatter. So, so what's going on over here? What are they concerned with over here? If you wanna you wanna build a tower, what are you afraid of, right? What, what are you what are you what, what are you fighting against? We want the community over here. We want to make a shame. We don't want to spread. We want to stay united. What's the opposite? So either, well, you can be against God, but you could also be fighting against is the individual. We have a community. We have a united people. And what they want to build a tower against, what they want to stand against is the power of the individual. They want to have a collective society where everyone is the same. And if it scatters, then we lose that. Now, community is a very important thing. Within Klaiso and in the Torah, the idea of a tzibur is extremely important. But it's only if the tzibur is worshipping the same thing that the individual has to worship, which is the Rebbein Shalom. When the tzibur becomes an end unto itself, when the idea of community, of country, of nationality, becomes the final goal, the goal is country, then that's one of the most corrupting things possible. Because an individual who's corrupt, okay, hopefully he'll come back. When the entire community, the entire society becomes corrupt, and the, and the community is the end. That's our purpose, is you have to worship everyone. As Gemara says, the Prakash of Rabbi says that if a person, while they were doing this construction, he fell and died, like, okay, fine, big deal, no, everyone ignored him. But if one of the bricks cracked, everyone started crying. In other words, it's that the public, the community, the country, the nationality was more important than the individual. The individual is important only in as much as he serves the interests of the community. 
and that and, and, and that is the most corrupting thing possible because now every individual he loses his freedom he loses his ability and national honor becomes a big thing this is covered we have to make a national first says this was like a, a, a project like you know the paros where they, when they became the you know, paro they started building a pyramid and then throughout their entire life continued building it and the entire country was like subjugated you're here working to serve the whims of the paro right and that's what happens here if this was going to be a public project that Throughout, throughout, the, the, throughout the years, every generation would add to it and build, build this massive edifice to the national project of humanity. We're going to make one humanity. We're going to be one united front. And this is wonderful. It sounds great. Yes, we're all united. But again, it was at the expense of the individual. This wasn't one nation serving Hashem. It was one nation serving itself. He says, very interesting, he says that, he says you have, you have Kinnah and Taiva, right, defined the previous generations. Cain was Kinnah, Al-Chava was Taiva, Noyach, um, you had both. You had Hishkes Kalbasar and Batishikari and Hamas. Yeah, it was theft, and you had uh, and, 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 and Erva. And here you have the final. This is the cover. This was covered. This was the honor, the honor of the community. This is the national ambition to make a name for itself, to magnify its national glory. That spells disaster for its moral mission. Running after honor is considered a vice in an individual. But you know, when you have a community, it's no different. He says. He says a, be- he says a beautiful thing here. He says. Uh, he says, only a Gibbetai like Nimrod can sway people to make a sacrifice and not even he will succeed if he doesn't know how to kindle their enthusiasm. If he doesn't know how to identify his own glory. A Napoleon or an Alexander knows how to charm the masses and win their devotion, not with promises of gold or riches, but merely with a bit of ribbon in the lapel of his jacket. I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to give you an, an honor. We're going to give you a medal of this, a medal of that. And, and so what? And so what? So now you're, 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 the, the end is the nation. The end. If the purpose of the nation is not to serve the individual and, and improve in his mission of serving Hashem and doing the right thing, then the nation becomes the most corrupting influence that exists. And it prevents what we said earlier. This you can have now an entire corruption of humanity, which is why the Rebbe Hashem has to come in and mix them up. So again, a direct parallel. We have the Mabel, the Rebbe Hashem divides the world. And of course, we have the Dara Flogo, where Hashem takes the world, spreads them out. The first goes into it. I don't want to get too much into it. He, has a very, he, he was an expert in linguistics. I think he actually studied that in, in university. Um, and what Hashem exactly did here with the languages, where he says, you know, and his, his main point is that languages, this is what I kind of touched on before, the way, you, the way you use words to describe things makes a tremendous difference in how you view the world. And he gives an example, he says, like in German, to, to have something, hubbin, right? You have. There's no word in Lashon HaKadosh to have. A person doesn't have anything. Have, he says, is, comes from the, the, the Latin term of grabbing. You grab it, this is mine, I have it. He says, in, in Halacha, in the Torah, it's loy, to him. In other words, a person makes a kidney on it, and now it is connected to him it is related to him but it's not just how Hoven means you grab this is mine find this keeper's power I steal it from you it becomes mine okay I'm not, I'm not an expert in German and whatever but the point is that the way the words you use to describe things has a com- tremendous tremendous influence on the way you view things the way you, you describe things is, is the way you view things and the word for king Melech and that's uh, this idea of, of influence of inspiring as opposed to the, the idea of a king being this powerful monarch and, and the, the idea of using words and so everyone had the same language, everyone viewed the world the same way, and that caused this, right? The Rebbe had to introduce this element of like self-consciousness, where people are kind of very individualistic, and you know, no two people could agree on anything, and that caused tremendous problems. And even a good idea has a very hard time spreading because everyone's fighting it, but ultimately, dividing the world this way, and giving everyone their kind of own opinions, everyone has their own idea of things, everyone views things differently, Countries view things differently, individuals within countries. I mean, look, look that's the great, that's why communists, you know, that's what they have to result to tyranny. 
because you can only have one party. Once you allow freedom and democracy in elections, well, then your bad ideas will get voted out. And look at democracy. Look at uh, look, it's a very, very messy thing. And there's some bad ideas come out of democracy, but it also has a way of correcting. Because, we, because you have a diversity of ideas within bad countries, Hashem lowers the lifespan. Hashem divides, you know, divides and separates regions and areas and countries. Hashem also introduces this idea of, of people having different ideas, complete diversity of opinion. And yes, it's going to take a long time and we're not there yet. This is also, right, but ultimately bad ideas, we won't be able to come to a situation like it existed before the Mabel where the entire world was completely corrupt and Hashem had to pretty much destroy it all. A direct result of this is how is Hashem going to make sure that the right ideas come through? We have a tremendous diversity of peoples and ideas and countries and yet the Hashem has the right idea, the one that was passed down from Adam to Noyach to Shem. How is He going to make sure that the right idea, and that's where Hashem says, okay, I'm going to take one people one country, one land, and I'm going to put my energies on them, and they're going to be the ones that are going to be that Arlogayim. They're going to be the ones that are school of Mikalam, that Hashem chose to be that influence. And, and the Rabbi Hashem, other nations of the world could do terrible things, but the Kaiso were held to a higher standard because we're that nation. That's a direct result over here. This is the Dara Flaga. That as a result of the Dara Flaga, as a result of the new way that the Rabbi Hashem is leading the world, the Rabbi Hashem now has to create a people. Now Hashem finds the Avram. And he's going to be the founder of this nation, which in this new world order is going to be the ones that will ultimately bring the realization of Hashem's plan. Hashem no longer is going to try to get the whole world to follow his way because that didn't happen, complete corruption. Instead, Hashem divides everyone and then chooses one nation, and then that nation, they're going to be the ones through their history, through their life. And the Rabbi Shalom will ultimately get his message, and the good ideas will spread, and, and make no mistake about it. The Rambam writes very favorably as a, as a development of Christianity and Islam, monotheistic religions. I know it doesn't feel that, that those things are always positive, and definitely for Jews it hasn't been very easy, but it was the influence of the Torah, the influence of Yid, morals, and Hitler writes how much he hates the Jews because they introduced morality to the world, and these ideas spread, and even though we don't have a country, but we still are a nation, and our ideas spread even when we, you know, when we are in Gullus. And in a way, Hirsch writes about how in Gullus sometimes it could spread even more and better in a different way. And, uh, and, and that's, that's the new history now. At the end of Noyach, there's a new history of the world. It's no longer the world. It's now the history of Am Yisrael amongst the world. And so, again, it's, it's just, to me, it's very... Hirsch writes this at the end of the 19 letters, you know, where there's, you know... You had the Rambam, I mean, he was talking about all the different philosophies. But the idea of having competing ideas, Hirsch says, is a good thing. It's a positive thing. Let's not ban ideas. I'm not talking about fear. I'm not talking about... But the idea of, of other ideas and wielding its influence. I think, I think most people agree, will agree that, uh, that without Hasidus, Yiddishkeit wouldn't be what it is today. Even the, stark, the starkest uh, misnagdim will recognize that a different idea actually and, and, and the other way as well. And Hasidim, they're, they're cursing out the Litvaks. But without the, without the Litvashi yeshivas, without the... Right? Hasidim would look, would look very different. Right? And again, and it's, it's, it's all around. We, could, we have what to learn from each other. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't kind of, you know, we have our own institutions and we're not just to be too open-minded that your brain falls out and you have no identity. A person has to find his own path, to find his Messiah, and that's wonderful. But the idea of a difference of ideas ultimately bringing the truth will come out. And, you know, we, in America they talk about, you know, the idea of federalism is you have 50 states and each one has their own laws and systems and then states can learn from each other. Okay, I see New York, they have that law and look what happens. Well, we're going to and that's, that's, that's the problem with the federal government is that it's one size fits all is a disaster because when a bad idea happens well now 50 states have this terrible idea and now, and now what? 
Right? So the idea of, of, of recognizing this diversity amongst nations, and it's, it's been a very, very difficult history. We're talking about thousands of years of very, very difficult times, but slowly the world will come to this realization. The ultimate plan that the Brother Shalom had to bring us back to the area where we're all going to speak, Safar Echad, we're all going to be Malar Zdeya Hashem, and it's going to happen through us, through Klai Yisrael. Hashem will raise the banner of Klai Yisrael, but it will be Everyone, every chassid, everyone that serves Rebbe Shalom will be wonderful, but we were the ones that were close, that the ultimate redemption that will come to the entire world will have come through us, which makes us Yom Kerem Lamei, and we should come to that time. All right.